1: Welcome to the Starseed Kitchen Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. This is your source for information to empower you to be a positive seed for change in your community. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. I'll be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can thrive in 5D. Let's get started. My guest today is Shakti Sita. Shakti Sita is the founder and lead teacher at the Palace Kundalini Yoga and Meditation Center in Sedona, Arizona. She guides deeply transformational journeys through meditation, movement, and sound. A session with her completely elevates the frequency and experience of one's life. Quantum leaps are the order of the day thanks to her deep connection to her yogic lineage. Thought leader, astrologer, and yogi, she empowers others to create their most exalted lives and experience their timeline of freedom and prosperity. After years as a national news producer at NBC and Fox, she healed herself from chronic illness and anxiety using meditation. This innate healing wisdom informs her teaching style today. Well, welcome Shakti Sita back to the Star
0: Seed Kitchen podcast. Thank you so much, Whitney. It's always so good to see you.
1: So how is, how is life in Sedona?
0: It's so beautiful here and it's starting to, we can like feel the build up to summer solstice. So this Mm -hmm. conversation couldn't come at a better time. Perfect.
1: So you you offer incredible retreats in Sedona, Arizona, where you help people shift their energy, kind of upgrade their physical body, upgrade their life. And one of the days that you offer this on is the summer solstice.
0: Yes. So we've been doing these um immersions. They're more like intensives. Retreats not a great word for it, to be totally honest, because yeah. like we do so much work and these are very high power days. Um, they are the most powerful days of the whole year, the equinoxes and the solstices. It's that changing of the seasons. And, you know, if you're just sort of bopping around your life, you might not even really notice it's happening. It's like, Oh, it's fall now. Oh, it's summer now. It's just sort of like, it's as the wind blows. But when you intentionally use these days, we've noticed through our own exploration over of it, over the last couple of years, that there really is such a power personally and interpersonally and in the community when we meditate and gather on these days there's just an immense amount of energy available it's unlike any other time of the year
1: so where and when did you start learning about harnessing energy or manifestation days with the summer solstice and other times throughout the year
0: Well, I think the first time that I ever remember it is, you know, the, there was an equinox, um, when I was young and, and I just remember like my science teacher being like, um, on the equinoxes, we can balance eggs. Have you ever heard of this? No, actually. So you're a chef. This is cool. You can take an egg on, on equinoxes. And because, the, the balance of the earth is different at that time. You're actually able to stand an egg on its um, tall end. So you know how it normally flops onto its side. You can actually stand an egg up perfectly right at the time of the equinox. And it, it's a little bit part folklore, part truth. And, um, and I just remember doing that. And so that's the first time that was ever like really in my psychology. Um, but Going deeper into my yogic practice in the in the last uh, we'll call it decade or so, I've been very aware of these days and they're, they're power days and uh, it's the changing of the seasons and and I've been exploring them deeper and deeper and exploring the mysteries of behind them. But more than just other people's experiences of them, I've been tracking my own personal experiences, which is really um, quite profound to see how when you break up your year into these quarters of mm-hmm. equinox to solstice, solstice to equinox, equinox to solstice, um, you, you really see how that's in a manifestation way, how things actually progress, not in terms of uh, you know, January to December of like normal calendar months as we use it.
1: Yeah. It's interesting how in business you're supposed to break up your business into quarters and review how business is going to make plans for the future. Um, but we're not necessarily taught to do this with our life. And that should be the most important thing that we're focused on in, in planning and making goals for, and then, you know, meeting them.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the most, I, I mean, as you're on some sort of a healing journey or awakening journey, it is very um, common to begin to link up with the natural cycles of life more and more. So you'll see a lot of female bodied people link up more with the moon and the lunar energy and tracking the moons, but then there's this solar energy too, where the sun is literally shifting into different astrological signs and it's marking a new, um entry into a um, a season and when you start aligning with that part of nature things really get interesting okay so what exactly is the summer solstice okay So the summer solstice is the day that the sun is at its highest position North. So it's the furthest North that it will ever go in the sky as it's rising. Whereas winter solstice, it's the lowest. So summer solstice is coming up for us right now in the Northern hemisphere, it's Southern hemisphere. It's going to be winter solstice. So it's also, there's a lot of, there's, there's, a polarity existing even in that in itself. And it's the day where the prana is at its maximum. So there's the maximum solar energy. Most people know it as the longest day of the year, but there's so much more mystical energy to that. So um, that's it in a nutshell though. But I,
1: I, so I love breaking down the vocabulary of words. So I love breaking down like how a word was formed. And I was fascinated when I looked at solstice and I saw, you know, soul meaning the sun or the soul, and then stice tends to mean origin. So I thought it was interesting how the word breaks
0: down to a sun origin or a soul origin. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot to do there. And then also one of the other ways to break it down is stitium. I don't know actually how to say that word in Latin, but it means still or stopped because what it looks like, it actually appears like the sun is moving north, moving north, moving north, and then it stops. And then it changes direction and to the stis, um, in the, the soul stis. So there's actually like a stoppage that happens and occurs on that day. Maybe that's confirmation that that's what it's
1: referring to. It's really referring to the fact that there's a pause, there's a pause. And out of the pause comes everything. It's a zero point. Interesting. So what does that mean that it's a zero point? Is it a fresh start? Is it like a version of a new year?
0: Well, you could in in the summer solstice terms, it would be more of a day of liberation. Whereas the equinoxes are more days of initiation. So in the mystery traditions, you would actually use the solstice day to liberate yourself from something. It's a day of freedom from something. There's a culmination of the soul ener- solar energy or soul energy. And that, that creates a liberation frequency on that day. Whereas on the equinoxes, those are traditionally times where you would go into some sort of three day um, initiation type of ritual and that's what you'll see in certain temples and, and, uh, histories like the pyramid you go, you would go into the, um, sarcophagus for three days on the equinox. And that's when you would receive, it's another version of liberation, but it's an initiation. So, um, they're all intertwined. But if you think of like a full moon, that's when the, the moon is at its fullest. This, and that's a time when you would release things. The sun is essentially at its fullest expression on the day of the summer solstice. And so there is an energy of a release, but it's not necessarily um, a release like a full moon. It's, it's a liberation. So
1: how should somebody enjoy the summer solstice? How should we oh, okay. enjoy that peak day? Or is it really about the days leading up to it?
0: Well, the days leading up to it are very, are very crucial. And you want to spend those days in some sort of practice or intentional, um, devotion because the energy is building. And so there's sort of this exponential curve of energy that's available to you. It's the highest amount of solar energy that you're going to have on the planet more than any other time of year. So you want to use this time to sort of put in whatever, whatever you need more energy around. So it could be your meditation practice. It could be your spiritual practice. It could be as simple as, you know, you're dedicating yourself to a different workout routine, or you're taking up journaling, or you want to make sure that you're reading a book, you know, doing certain habits every day. It's a good idea to do all of those habits leading up to the summer solstice, the day of the summer solstice. This is a very, um, interesting teaching that I've received around it, which is that whatever you do on the summer solstice on that exact day, it sets an energetic template for what the rest of your year is going to look like. I mean, this is huge. So if you want to hack your year, you know, we're all looking to have a bigger experience of our joy for the most part. Some people are looking for bigger experiences of their stress and anxiety and whatever. Those aren't the people I'm talking to. The people who are looking to have a bigger experience of their devotion, of their joy, of their exaltation, there is no more important day to ensure that you are doing the things that are in alignment with that than the summer solstice. So on the day of the summer solstice, before I was leading all these retreats, I was very, um, what's the word? I was very ruthless about how I spent that day, meaning I would not work on that day. I would not be available for mean people on that day. I would not be available for people who are going to complain on that day. I am busy experiencing just my exaltation of being in the human form on this planet on this day. And so I would plan things like meditations. I would plan things like nature, time in nature. Um, the other thing is that the summer solstice is considered a celebration or a festival of nature, whereas the winter solstice is a celebration or festival of humanity, which is a time when we naturally give gifts. We have a lot of holidays and stuff. It's a whole different frequency. Summer solstice is a celebration of nature. Everything's in bloom. The lights are on longer and it's not just a celebration necessarily of nature, like outside of us. It's our own nature. And so having a deeper experience of of, um, the cyclical nature within us, not the sort of layers of humanity that have been overlaid on that, it's a time to return to that deeper innate wisdom. And you could even say natural law, which is, um, you know, where a lot of people are heading these days is adhering more to natural law where it doesn't feel so um, burdened by humanity and all of the exterior things that we lay over it. So I spend that day very intentionally. And this summer solstice, I've been planning it for basically a year now, since the last summer solstice, I'll be in meditation practice. We'll be out on the rocks of the, on meaning the rocks here in Sedona, um, meditating at sol- summer solstice sunrise. And then there's actually a woman in our community here. Who's having a 120th day celebration that day, which is, in pregnancy, it's the day that the soul enters the body of the child. And so it's a really exalted day to begin with for 120th day. And then for this soul to be entering on summer solstice is like quite profound. Um, so I'll be in celebration with her, which everyone benefits from being around that sort of energy. Yeah. I'll be spending time in creative practice with the community here for the retreat. So that's how I'm spending my day. Everyone does whatever works for them. So it's yeah. any version of, you know, you take, what do you want your year to look like? And I always ask people this too, like anyone I'm working with, you know, they're trying to create some sort of dream life that's like outside of them. And my, I always drill it back to, well, what's your ideal day? What is your ideal day look like? What would you do? in your most perfect day, do that on summer solstice, that's going to play out for the rest of your year then. And then just on, on any micro version of that, just, you're looking to have a bigger experience of whatever your day, whatever your perfect day would look like. And then that creates the destiny the, of, of the bigger expression of that. Makes sense? Yes. That makes perfect sense. And that's a great way to, to approach it. Yeah. So
1: just to make sure that that I'm fully taking it in as a student, um, so I can better utilize the energy. So the week leading up to the summer solstice, I want to be doing the things that I want to make sure that I'm focusing more on in the year ahead. So I want to make sure that, you know, I'm spending more time meditating or doing my spiritual practices or exercising or self-care or whatever it may be that I want to
0: amplify in the year ahead, right? Yes, exactly. So one of the ways that you can put it is you have promoting habits and you have demoting habits. This is a Yogi Bhajan teaching. So we all have, you can make two columns mentally right now. We know what our demoting habits are and we know what our promoting habits are. And what you'd like to do in this time period is take some things from that demoting habits column and get rid of them and then add things to the promoting habits column, meaning the things that are moving you more towards your destiny, more towards your mission. And you know what those things are. It's eating better. It's sleeping better. It's taking care of yourself. It's going for walks. It's so simple, Mm -hmm. like overcomplicate everything, but, um, you know, the nature is really supporting us right now. It's beautiful out. It's like, it, this is the time to get outside. It's literally like the, the sun is like pulling us outdoors right now. Like, come on, come out and play, like come out and be come out and, and, and hang out in nature and read your book outside and eat outside and just be, um, be part of this cycle. And then on the summer solstice, we just create and live our ideal day. You create and live your ideal day. And I would just add, if, if meditation is not something that you do, um, do it on the summer solstice. Uh, the, there's a teaching from Barbara Han Clow. So she's, she's the woman who wrote the Pleiadian agenda and several other books, and she's a fascinating channel. Mm -hmm. Um, who lives a dual life on Alcyon in the Pleiades and she says in the Pleiadian agenda that if you are just if you're if you would just meditate on the new moons the full moons the solstices and the equinoxes so this is like you know 24 it's 28 days a year that you just meditate just for a few minutes even maybe 30 minutes something like that on those 28 days out of the 365 days she says then you Will be aligned with the cosmic cycles and you don't have to do it cognitively either. It doesn't have to be something where you're like, okay, what's the summer solstice telling me? Like, don't worry about it. It doesn't matter because it's, it's very beyond your cognition. It's actually just that your body and your nervous system and your energy channels get this sort of alignment and download that can only happen if you are in meditation. It can't come through if the mind is going, just sit up straight, align your spine, close your eyes and just be with yourself for 10, 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes. If you can handle it, if you've never meditated before, it's a great day to start. That is a great tip. Thank you. Yeah. So you,
1: you have traveled to Egypt and I feel like Egypt and the city of Luxor has a lot of history with the summer solstice and celebrating it. Did you learn anything about that while you were there?
0: Yeah. So the the temples, temples in Egypt are all very precisely aligned. There's no, um, coincidences. It's not like, oh, this is our plot of land. And we built it like this because it just would look better. Everything is in alignment for very specific reasons down to, um, you know, some date, the Sphinx as 40, 30 to 40,000 years old, which is not what normal Egyptologists would would date it as, because it's aligned with where the where the solstice would actually be on um, the rising of the age of Leo. So they they place it at these certain time cycles because we can actually sort of retrofit it as like, well, why is it facing this way? Why is it facing that way? And then we can try to figure out some of the history that's basically been lost because yeah. of um, you know various things. The, uh, the Temple of Karnak in Luxor specifically aligns with the solstices. So they, uh, it aligns with winter solstice on sunrise on the day of winter solstice. And then on the day of summer solstice, it aligns with the summer solstice sunset. So it's a fascinating alignment and uh, quite painstakingly laid out and you know, some of the, the Egyptologists and like, we'll call them like muggle types who look at this. They're like, oh yeah, they just align with it so that like, they know when the flood will happen. They know when the harvest will happen. And it's like, no, no, they're doing it because there's a power to the way that the sun and the solar energy is entering the temples on those days. There's so much deeper. And it's actually that day itself is the power. It has nothing to necessarily, I mean, yes, it's marking that. We have harvest time is coming soon and, and the the floods coming soon and Sirius will be in the sky soon and all of these things but the day itself is the event. And so we have people who go to, you know, the temple of Karnak and they will watch the sun, the sunset on the day of summer solstice there and receive that transmission there's a transmission of energy. But then you have other places on the planet that are aligned with the equinoxes. So like the Mayans, the Mayans align certain things with the solstices uh, as well. They align, um, there's a temple in Tulum that aligns with the solstices. But then if you've ever been to Chichen Itza Mm -hmm. in Mexico, that is actually aligned with the equinoxes. And when the equinox light, when the sun rises on the equinox, the the temple stairs actually create the shadow, the perfect shadow of a serpent going up the side of the temple at Chichen Itza. And then at the bottom of there, there's actually like a serpent head um, carving. So they know what they're doing. It's not a mistake. It was very, very intentional. And then Uh, You have Stonehenge as well. A lot of these ancient sites all have certain solstice and equinoxes alignments. And I have been researching since I got to Sedona a couple of years ago about uh, the different alignments here in Sedona, because there are certain people who have been able to track um, where the solstice sunrises are happening from certain vantage points. Mm -hmm. And there are some pretty interesting alignments here as well, uh, that aren't as like clearly defined as like, oh, it comes in the temple doors at Karnak or, or whatever is happening there. Um, then it gets, it gets even more interesting. This is like a total nerd nerd situation here, but there's, um, this temple of Abu Simbel. Have you been there? I've heard of it. Okay, so Abu Simbel, it's way south um, in Egypt. It's it's basically like the southernmost point, point. and um, it's the temple of Ramses the Second. And there's this altar to Ramses the Second, and weirdly enough, the alignment is twice a year the sun will rise and it hits the temple it hits the altar right in the back right through the main doors it's pretty far back in the temple and it lights up the whole altar so that's fascinating right it's lighting the altar it's literally energizing the altar but it happens on like the weirdest days it's like it's february 22nd and october 22nd These are, that's a kind of an odd date and it's not necessarily that they built it on those days because it's like, oh, it's two, 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 like that's not the calendar that they were using for February 22nd, but February 22nd, uh, this year is 120 days to summer solstice. So that's kind of mystical because 120 days is the, the time, the gestation period before the soul enters the body for the pregnancies, So there's something happening there and they say that, um, they say that, that, that lighting up of the temple is happening on those days because it's the birthday of the King and then the, uh, coronation day of the King. And so Mm -hmm. who knows what they're really, what they're really getting at, but I I'm more into the mystical of the 120, 120 days between that. Then if you want to get even more, you know, nerdy about it, they did actually move that temple. So I knew you, there
1: was one that they moved. Yeah,
0: I was wondering, okay. a couple temples that have moved. And so yeah. you have these PowerPoints that have been very meticulously placed on the planet to align with solstices, to align with equinoxes, to align with these other sacred days that they're deeming important. And then they moved the temples for various reasons, governmentally and politically and otherwise. This one, it was, um, it was getting drowned in the Nile because they built a dam. And so they moved it like 60... Um, 60 yards away or something like that from where it had been. And, um, they think it might be off by like a day now from like where, so where the sun was rising, it's like not quite hitting the thing. So, so there's a lot of stuff going on that we don't necessarily know why per se, but we know it's important because, um, these ancient civilizations were very meticulous about these alignments and, um, and we know that these days are very powerful because it literally ushers in a whole new season. The, the weather changes like that. It does. And we've experienced it now many times here in Sedona. Cause we always, in, we always intentionally go out on the land at the exact moment of the solstice or the equinox and i mean it literally comes in like a wind it's like we can count down the seconds like you know 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 and a wind is like building and and it just rushes over us almost like okay winter is here okay spring is here okay summer is here and so i'm really looking forward to um to welcoming in the summer solstice again it's so exciting Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef,
1: I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef crafted organic spice blends made with only good for you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral rich Redmond real salt, prepare the blends listening to Kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 magic herbs and spices on starseedkitchen.com. Use code starseed for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. So do you make sure that you get up on the mountain or wherever you want to be
0: to meditate before the sunrise? Yeah. So, um, I look at the time of day, I have to double check the time of this, this exact summer solstice, but it's definitely early morning. Um, it's, it's in the morning hours. I want to say it's around like eight or 10 AM Pacific time. I have to double check. Um, but we're, we'll be out on the land at that hour. So we'll go out before that time. Um, I do love getting up before sunrise on summer solstice too. That's a great move. You don't have to be out there at the exact moment of summer solstice. Um, but also I think it's worth considering maybe even being around for summer solstice sunset, mm-hmm. considering you know Karnak and other temples have aligned themselves with the summer solstice sunset. So that whole day is very, very um, auspicious and powerful.
1: Is Luxor the place in Egypt where when the sun sets or rises that it aligns with the row of lions?
0: Yeah. So that's the lions are the, are at, um, well, there's two, there's a few places of lions. There's, there's a temple of Luxor where there's the, the lions. And then there's also lions at um, karnak. so I have to double check which row of lines it's aligning with but I know that karnak has the row of lines as well.
1: Yeah I think that's just incredible. I've always wanted to see that knowing that it's probably extremely hot, but I think completely worth it to, to see that sun line up in between the lines, I just think would be incredible.
0: Yeah. And I mean, my personal opinion on it is I think it's charging up the temples. I think it literally like has some sort of an influx of energy and an, and a magnetic charge that when it comes in at those pinnacle points, you're getting the maximum frequency and it goes right into the temple and it charges the temple. So that's my opinion. That's amazing. Is there any place that you've always wanted to go to on the summer solstice? I would love to go to Stonehenge on summer solstice. I think that'd be pretty epic. I haven't, I've been to Stonehenge, but not on, not on summer solstice. And I, would, and I was at Chichen Itza a few days before the equinox once, and it just didn't work out. But I would love to see the snake at Chichen Itza because that's quite a transmission.
1: Yeah, I know there's a few days a year at um, Stonehenge where they open it up and people can come and walk around more freely. Um, yeah. the Summer solstice might be one of them.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, these temples and stuff, it's so funny how they like, they don't let you near certain things and um, they're holding very important frequencies on the planet. They basically create a big planetary grid around the planet. And then, so if you think of all of these things getting lit up, it's not just lighting up the temples themselves. It's actually lighting up the whole planetary grid. And then the fact that like, you know, you can't go like touch the stones sometimes, you know, because you might end up in an outlander type of situation. Um, You know, we can't, we can't go touch things. Uh, the even like the Sphinx when I was there, you know, it felt like we could go. It, it felt like we were right up against it, but we really weren't because they had actually put a whole new set of restoration around the paws of the Sphinx. Oh, so you, wow. could, you weren't actually ever touching the Sphinx. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. When
1: I went to Stonehenge, I was um I was 11 years old, and you could still get very very close to them then. But they weren't allowing you to touch them because they claimed if you, you know, people were coming up and and taking part of the rock. So that's why you can no longer touch it. And I thought, who has a a, a tool strong enough to just walk up and take some of the rock off?
0: Like, right? <laughs> Who's no, like- there's a lot, there's all these reasons why you yes. can't. And, um, you know, I just, I, it's, it's because it's a power point and you, yeah. you do get power. You do get transmissions from these places. And, um, you know, there's, there's tons of interesting things out there about even leaving your own DNA on some of these sites and you can go down those rabbit holes yourself. <laughs> interesting.
1: Now, um, When you and, and the group that you take out to celebrate the summer solstice, um, are there any intentions that you guys are making for the day, um, for yourselves or as a group or community?
0: Yeah. I, you know, we consistently pray to align ourselves with our highest destinies. That's, that's a, that's a, always a consistent prayer and intention. And then praying for the highest good for, for us and for all the highest timeline, that's a, that's always a great prayer to carry. And then, um, you know, so being in Sedona, Sedona also has its own intentions. And so we also leave a lot of room for Sedona to sort of, um, edit and revise our own personal intentions. Like, Oh, I want to start a business this year. It's like, yes, let Sedona tell you, and you know, these alignments tell you what, what, where you're needed. Cause in certain ways, like we're receiving these, this inspiration and this, this guidance from a place of, okay, we need someone to carry certain things on this planet. And, and you have to position yourself in order to be able to carry them. And so I leave a lot of openness for, uh, for receiving that. And then, you know, and then praying for your liberation and and freedom. I always pray for the timeline of freedom and prosperity for all that's, that's my prayer. That's
1: so wonderful. That's such a great reminder that, that we can, we can be a part of that shift and that we can create that change. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Is there any energy that the sun is carrying that people should keep in mind? Um, you know, is, is there sun energy that people should be standing outside and receiving?
0: Yeah, so sun energy is super masculine. Um, when we think of the sun and the moon, the moon is the the feminine and sun is the masculine energy. So there's a lot of chi available. Yogi bhajan actually he says, I'll read it to you from Yogi Bhajan. He says the summer solstice is one day when the sun is at its ecstasy and the power of prana is the maximum. So you can be enriched with that vital primal force so that your destiny can be rewritten. So there's a lot of energy available. The prana is at its highest and the chi is at its highest. So you, when you see someone operating, operating in their masculine energy, it's like, oh, they can get anything done. They have so much life force, so much energy to get it all done. Whereas when someone's operating in their feminine, it's much more receptive, much more, um, Cyclical, a little bit moody sometimes, you know, it has this sort of moon energy to it. And then we actually have it physiologically. We have sun energy in us that we can activate. So, have you ever heard of the nadis? Yes. Yes. So, we have 72,000 nadis in our body. And the yogis have known this for a very long time. And these nadis, they're energy channels throughout our system. And there's three main channels in our body. It's the Ida, the Pingala, and the Shushmana. So a lot of people have heard of the Shushmana. The Shushmana is that central channel where the Kundalini energy would move. It's also sort of a zero point. It's that stillness. It's that, um, that's why you wanna have good locks in the body. So you have, you know, you pull the root lock the the Udiyanda bund, and then you pull the the chin lock as well so that the spine gets really straight. that's So the Shushmana channel, that that central channel, energy can flow freely there. And when the Shushmana is activated, that's where you get that total zero point when you're in meditation, that place of stillness of, of where everything can come from, that place of nothing. And then around the Shushmana, sort of wrapping the shushmana, you have the Ida and the pingala. And it's considered this uh, left and right channel. And on the left side, we have the Ida. The Ida is related to the moon. It's related to our receptiveness. It's related to our feminine side. When we need to fall asleep at night, we actually want to check, are we breathing out of our left nostril? Like check right now, just close your eyes or just wherever you are, just notice which nostril you're breathing out of. I'm breathing out of my right nostril right now. I'm out of my left. You're out of your left. So you're in more of your lunar energy. You're in more of your rest and digest energy. Whereas I'm in more of my, my go-getter energy. The, the right side, that right channel is the pingala energy. And that energy channel carries that masculine um, get up and go energy like the sun. So we call it our solar energy and you can even call it a sun breath if you're breathing out of the right nostril. So sometimes, you know, people will come to me and they'll be like, I can't fall asleep or I wake up, um, in the middle of the night and I want to go back to sleep. And I always tell them, well then breathe out of your left nostril, just close your right nostril with your hand, just take your right finger to your right nostril and just breathe in and out of your left nostril. And that will actually signify to the whole nervous system and the body and the mind that it's time to go to sleep. It's time to rest. Whereas if you're in the middle of the day and it's, you know, coming on four o'clock and it's time for a nap and you're like, where's my cup of coffee? And you're ready, you know, you're reaching for some sort of snacking or whatever. Maybe it's time to breathe out of the right nostril. So you would cover the left nostril with your left finger and then breathe long and deep through your right nostril. Just try a few deep breaths here. So like inhale through your right nostril, exhale, right nostril, inhale again. Exhale again, and one more really deep this time. Fill up the lungs, fill up as deep as you can. Hold at the top and exhale fully long and deep. Squeeze all the air out and now inhale and relax. And can you feel there's actually an adjustment that happens inside of your system? You can feel it. You can
1: literally feel it in your brain, let alone your body.
0: You can feel it in your brain. It's very direct. And so you just activated your sun energy in your body. And if you want to do it more deeply, I mean, that was three breaths. So you can do three minutes of it. You can also do like a breath of fire through the right nostril. So it would be a quicker breath, like inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. And that will really get the solar energy going. So, you know, it, these are, these are hacks in our system to activate these energies. And on a day like the summer solstice, this energy is at its highest. And you, you basically, you want to be doing types of practices like this to work with the sun energy so that you are a fit receptacle to this influx of energy. Because you and I both know, I mean, the planet, the energy of this planet is rapidly changing. Yeah. The frequency is, is rapidly increasing, um, and changing and shifting. And what happens is a lot of people on these power days, they basically don't have the, um, infrastructure in their body to handle the amount of influx of new and powerful high frequencies that are coming in. And so they end up like sleeping the day away. Because, you know, the, basically the body, the system's overpowered, there's too much voltage coming in and the body can't handle that voltage. And so leading up to the summer solstice, you want to get in a position where you can receive that voltage because we want to receive these new frequencies that are coming onto the planet so that we can ride it and, and rise with the, the rising of this planet. Yeah. Completely agree. You want to take it in
1: and you want to elevate with it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I feel you There's Thank you for sharing that breath work. It's amazing how many natural remedies there are out there to help us feel good in our body so we can enjoy our day or our hour exactly how we want to be enjoying it. It's really so simple. Um, so you do such a great job of breaking it down. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it is very simple. And we're basically just not taught it and we don't come with a, a human operating manual and, Luckily kundalini yoga provides some of that. So it's not
1: all. Where do you keep turning to keep learning and growing?
0: I turn to the teachings of Kundalini yoga, primarily that's where I dive deep into the mysteries of whatever I can find. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then it's through my own practice. So I, I learn through my own teaching. I learn through my own sadhana. So much information comes in and then I'm constantly learning from whoever is in front of me. So, you know, there's, there's a teaching, uh, in Kundalini that if you can't see God in all, you can't see God at all. And technically speaking, anyone that you're talking to is the universe speaking to you in that moment. And so, you know, I was once in a Grand Central, no, it was Penn Station in New York City. And this, you know, drunk, like, you know, vagabond guy, like, comes up and sits at this table I'm sitting at. It's like casual, normal New York stuff. And, and he starts ranting to me about how I deserve more and how I'm, I need to do better. And all. This, and I'm just like, thank you. Like, I just, I just received it. It was like, he, yeah. he like, he like gave me this medicine and, and he had no idea what he was doing. He was drunk out of his mind. And I just need, I did need to get rid of him at some point, you know, I needed to get out of the situation, but he had a message for me and I received it. And you can receive messages from anyone like that in any moment, yeah. you can even receive the messages from the trees, from the flowers, from the food, from, you know, whatever's in front of you.
1: One of the most profound moments I ever had when I lived in Washington, DC was a homeless man who came up and said something to me. And then I turned around and he was gone. gone. And what he said to me has stayed with me ever since. And it's now, now a line that I frequently use. I was standing outside a place and I was thinking, should I go in and get food there? And he just walks up to me, looked right in my eyes and said, there's nothing in there that serves you and walked Ah. away. And it's a mantra I have used over and over again when I've been trying to see if, oh, should I go and grab a bite to eat there? or Oh, I just, I'm short on time. I'm really hungry. I know they don't offer anything of quality, but maybe I should just run in and grab something. And this man and his words come up again. There's nothing in there that serves me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so that you can receive from anyone. I mean, that's so profound and and, um, you know, it's, it's, more often than not though, we're like, Oh my God, I don't have time for this person. I don't want to talk to these people. I just want to get my juice and leave. I just want to, you know, like get in and out of whole food, whatever, wherever you are, you know, and, and, um, and yet it could be the, the strangers who have the, the most profound wisdom to offer you. So I'm just constantly learning. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're in a great place to do it. And
1: then you also have created a space um, for so many you know incredible people to walk through your door um so i encourage anyone who's listening to this podcast if you're ever in sedona definitely reach out to shakti sita or you know go by
0: her studio or setting up an appointment to have an incredible experience there thank you yeah i would love to see people out here we really have we attract such a high caliber of a community and it's so profound. It really becomes like a mastermind in itself when we're all together.
1: Yeah. Well, I wish you guys the most beautiful celebration on the summer solstice this year. Thank Uh, you. Is there anything else that you want to leave people with that they should keep in mind when they're planning what they're doing? Um, You know, kind of the last week of the summer or the last week of June, I should say.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would just be very discerning about who you spend time with. I'll just leave it at that. You know, you are, you are the summation of the people you surround yourself with. And if you take, if you take inventory of, you know, who are the five people you spend most of your time with, you're going to get a really clear picture on who you are. And if you want to change who you are, sometimes you got to edit that circle.
1: Much to plan and look forward to for the summer solstice. Thank you. How can more people get in touch with you or learn from you? Um, Where can people find you?
0: Yeah. So I offer, um, sort of my own podcast episodes live on Instagram, live on my Instagram at Shakti Sita. No, sorry. At Shakti underscore sita underscore there's a lot of imposter accounts out there i don't dm you for readings please don't fall for it um it's one account it's me and it has all of my after dark episodes on it which is what i call um those those podcasts and then i also have a website shakti-sita.com. And that's where you can learn about how to work with me privately in Sedona or come on one of the retreats. The summer solstice is overbooked right now, but fall equinox is coming up and we'll have that opening for booking soon. I'm really looking forward to that. I already have my
1: my hotel reservations done. I'm I'm excited to get in the car
0: and go. I know. I'm so excited. It's like not even summer yet. I'm like, I'm planning for the fall. Fall equinox is such a beautiful time here. There's no, there's no bad time in Sedona, but like, I really do have a sweet spot for fall equinox. Cause it's still warm out, but then it's like nice and cool in the mornings. And it's just so beautiful. I just
1: have a sweet spot for the fall equinox. I feel like you can go anywhere in the world and it doesn't matter on, on, on what part of the planet anywhere in the world. And it is beautiful. It is just a magical time of year it really
0: really is yeah so it's also a harvest time and and then you know when you start tracking all of them you start seeing the relationship between the solstices and equinoxes like you know winter solstice is technically Mm, it's a full gestation period to fall equinox, which is when you would harvest. So, you know, you actually plant certain seeds on winter solstice. And then I'm seeing that, you know, in these three month windows, people set their intentions. And it's like, I'd like to have a child. I'd like to buy a home. I'd like to start a business. And it's literally- from solstice to equinox that they like complete the thing and it's a whole time cycle in itself
1: i've seen you mention that on instagram the cycles and the completion and the birth of people's intentions that have come to um to gather with you in sedona um so if you guys aren't following Shakti Sita on instagram it's a great place to learn i highly suggest
0: lots of free content. Come on over.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I hope, um, I hope somehow you're tracking all that information and, and and compiling it somewhere so people can ultimately purchase a life manual from you for
0: Uh, modern times.
1: (laughs) We'll work on it. We'll work on it. We're getting there. (laughs) Yes. The, the lost teachings for the basic manual of life in the 21st century, basically what we all need. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Um, as we wrap things up, I always like to ask if there's just one little health tip or, you know, life lesson that people can consider incorporating into their life just to improve the world, their well-being, if there's
0: one little tip that you can share today. I just keep hearing celery juice, like celery juice is just so good. You guys, I drink celery juice every single morning and it's life-changing and I've been doing it for almost 4 or 5 years now. And it's my number one health secret, other than Kundalini yoga, is your, is your celery, celery juice in the morning on an empty stomach, medical yeah. medium style.
1: It's a great natural bitter. Um, and then of course, if women are looking to get pregnant, you want to feed your husband bitters and celery is a great bitter to feed your husband to help to, to help encourage getting pregnant.
0: Who knew? I didn't. That's awesome. Yes.
1: It's a, it's a great, um, like kind of old wise tale. Um, there's a great book, um, called the new whole foods encyclopedia, where you can look up any fruit, vegetable, nut seed, and you can read all about it and how it was traditionally used. And, um, they talk a little bit about how women would feed celery to their husband to help them get a baby.
0: That's so awesome. Well, I can, I can, can confirm it when I take it, I just feel so much better in every way, which, you know, fertility is such a measure of your health. And so it totally goes, it, it jives, it checks out. I love it.
1: Well, thank you so much. Um, have a beautiful, beautiful summer solstice to you, to everyone that's with you and everyone listening to this podcast today. And I look forward to seeing you soon in person. Thank you. Can't wait to see you for the equinox. Absolutely. nam. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Starseed Kitchen podcast. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit our website at starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my high vibration foods, organic spices, which you can purchase on starseedkitchen.com. And you can find me and follow along on my cooking adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff.
0: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s.